Welcome to Active Word with Bishop Ishmael Sam of the Loyalty House International, a denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, UDOLGC. Called of God, he ministers under the anointing of his father, Bishop Dag Heward Mills. Bishop Sam is the resident bishop of the Loyalty House International, Abbe Dawenya, of the Dawenya Afenya Link Road. He oversees many churches, both in Ghana and abroad. May the power of God be activated in your life today as you listen to Active Word.
Hallelujah. Are you happy that Jesus loves you? Are you sure you're happy that Jesus loves you? Then put your hands together for Jesus. And let's take our seats on top of your enemy. Hallelujah. Well, we have about a few minutes to close the service today. Church is sweet, isn't it? Good. So, we want to hear this very important message for a few minutes and then we'll close and go home. Amen. I have a very short message for today and I have titled today's message, Why Your Soul is Important. Why your soul is important. Why your soul is important. Or if you like, you can tell why my soul is important. Tell yourself why my soul, my soul is important. Angel, you are not telling to yourself, your soul is not important. So you say, why my soul is important. And look at your face and say, why your soul is important. And tell I want you to know from today. Tell your I want you to know from today, your soul is very important. And my soul is also very important. Wonderful. So I want, to, I want us to turn our Bible to Psalm 8. Psalm 8. Psalm 8, verse 3 and 4. When Bishop David was taking the offering and he spoke about the Jew and the other man. I'm sure it's not a Ghanaian. Ghanaians are not like that. So a Jew and another man from somewhere. You know, when he was talking about it, he said that the Jews said, we read the Bible from bottom up, and they read it from front to bottom. I said, something occurred to me, and I realized that it's true. You know, in the Bible, if you read Psalm 31, verse 1, he said, that don't fret yourself when you see evil people or wicked men prosper in their wicked ways. You know, and it occurred to me that some that, that is why people get confused. That why is it that you say you are a Christian and yet you are poor? You are a Christian, they say, and yet you don't have money. And unbelievers have money and all sorts of things. And it occurred to me that I say principles are principles. There are principles such as uh, winter and summer. When is winter? It's winter for everybody. And we have started our winter at 24 degrees. Last night at the winter, it was 24 degrees. And I'm sure in Mampon it will be about 20 or 19. So those of you going for the give thyself holy, make sure you go with your winter jacket. <laughs> so, you know, when it's winter, it's winter. When it's um, summer, it's summer. When it's rain, rainy season, rainy season for all. When it's dry season, it's dry season for all. So some principles are principles. And it, it happens to everyone. Everyone. So you may be a Christian, but if you don't obey the principles, that's how you begin to question why. Why that? Why? It doesn't, it doesn't mean you are not a Christian. There's something else you will get that the person prospering financially, if the person is not, according to our Bible, not born again, will not get. Do you get it? There's something you, you will be, you'll be saved. Do you get it? But if you do both, then you have the salvation and then you have the prosperity as well. So I thought it was a very powerful revelation, a very powerful thing that he said. 
I know you didn't, you didn't think about it because you had made up your mind that you wouldn't give. So you didn't even think about it. But I'll give you another opportunity to think about it properly and see why. It's even like studying. It's like exams. You know, it's principles. If you study, you pass. If you don't study, you know, amount of anointing will let you pass your exam. Except the Lord decides to have mercy on you. And you learned something last night. And when you went, that is what came. But otherwise, it's a principle. You have to learn. You have to study. Then you go and write your exam. Otherwise, the unbeliever who doesn't come to church, who goes to disco, who smokes, who is whatever, will have A+. Plus. And you, the believer, tongue-talking, Holy Ghost-filled, um, fire-eating, fire-eating Christian, oil-drinking Christian, you get F. Oh, oh C. Then you see. So principles are principles. And let, let's obey principles whilst we also believe Jesus Christ is both the power and the wisdom. Hallelujah. He's both the power and the wisdom. He's both the common sense and the supernatural. Hallelujah. So let's obey these principles and it will work for us. Hallelujah. So I see you also being among the prosperous in Jesus' name. Oh, I did, I, I'm not sure I'm talking to you. I see you also being among the prosperous in Jesus' name. Wonderful. Psalm 8, verse 3 and 4. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained, and I tell you something, if you are not... Um, a certain kind of person, you don't understand what this scripture means. So when I consider thy heavens, the heavens, the moon, and the stars, which thou hast made, thou hast ordained, the moon and the stars, you know, okay, the next verse, I'll come back to it. See, he said, when he considers all this, and then he asks, what is man? What is man? That thou art mindful of him. What is man that you going to all this extent to do all this so that man will survive? And I'm telling you, all this thing that you see, the moon, the stars, the constellations, everything, they are all working together for man. They are working together for man. If you don't know, there is a certain amount of air in the system. Oxygen, combination of oxygen, carbon dioxide. Science student, please. Talk, talk so that I can talk. Oxygen, carbon dioxide, nitrogen, and all my. Get the microphone. Get the microphone. You said what? All this oxygen. Oxygen, nitrogen, and argon. What? Argon. Have you heard of argon before? Yes. It's what? Yes. It's, in it's small percentage. Small percentage, argon. Yes. Uh huh. They all. Okay, you, if you didn't even say all, you, you said three. Three out of something, you, I think you can get B+. Plus. So, <laughs> so when you see all this, is God has gone to all this extent too. So that's why David was thinking about it. What is man? What is man? Recently I told you, is it, what's the name of that telescope? David Webb. James James Webb. Webb. Recently, those of who watch CNN, you saw the James Webb um, um, telescope went to wherever in the universe to go and take pictures of how our world is, our universe is. 
And they were saying some fantastic things. They saw stars. And some of the stars were saying, how many light years away? My science today. Trillions of light years. Trillions, Trillions. of light years away. Yes. The other time you deceived me. Yes. Please forgive me. The other time, what did you say that you later corrected me? So at first I said that the speed of light was 3 million meters per second, but it's actually 300 million per meters per second. Amma. <laughs> Do you understand what it means? 300 million meters per, meters second. per second. Even in kilometers per hour, it's 1 billion kilometers per hour. Wow. One billion. So it means that when the light that we are seeing now is how many years old? What we are seeing now, the twinkling of the, those stars, depending uh, on the distance. Depending on the distance, it might have died, but we are just seeing its past. Wow. So David was concerned. See, you, when you can, you just look at Dwenya, you look at Abe, you watch films and you just see um, uh, Colombia. And so this is, oh, this is the world. You know, but the world is far, far, far more than you think. If this world should shift from the pole, North Pole, eh? if it should shift to just even one, you are a scientist, one just talk. One meter. I'm, I didn't do science with you. By a millimeter. <laughs> By a millimeter. Look, if we shift a bit to the sun, just by a fraction of something, we will burn. We will burn. And then if we move away just by a fraction of it, <laughs> we will freeze to death. So God has ordained all this in pepe, 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 pepe. You get it? For man, for man, at least, at least for now, for now, they've still not found any other man anywhere apart from us. Do you get it? The closest they've come is to ghosts. Yeah, I saw my mother's ghost. I saw my father's ghost. But for now, they've found water on some other, I mean, signs of water on some other planet. But still, we are raining. Do you get it? We are the only human beings or homo sapiens you know. Is that not so wonderful? So, David thought of all these things. So what is man? What is man? Because I'm sure David saw that men were weak, or man is weak. David had friends who fell sick and died. He had friends who fell sick and died. David knew people who were young, and they passed. And they buried them. They buried them. Yesterday, um, Bishop David sent me a text. I'm going for a funeral. I said, which funeral is that? Then he sent me the picture of the lady. 38 years. PhD. His, fr- his friend, 38 years. So she went to visit the mother in uh, the North Water region. And at, the, at that junction, she had an accident with an, this small mini STC bus. And she died. That is just 9th or so July. 7th July. And she died. And she, they went to bury her. And so David thought of all this. Ah, if this is all there is to man, that man will come and die and go, then what is man? 
In other words, it's making David to think deeper and realize that there's more to man. There is more to man than just flesh and blood. There's more to you than just sitting here today with your hair, with your makeup, with your whatever. There's more to you than that. So David started thinking. Started thinking about it and know what is man? That God does think of man so much like that. You know, and when you go to first Thessalonians, then the New Testament shows us what man is. Shows us what man is. And Jesus came to tell us also who man is and what man is. So that we will not be confused about who man is. Bishop told us, Bishop Doug told us once his um, lecture, I think in pathology or so, pointed to a dead body and said that if, if, if this is all there is to man, then even a goat is better than man. Even a goat. Why? Because when the goat dies, we can eat it. And many of you have been eating suya. You know, they are dead. Maybe they are dead for two weeks, three weeks. Some of this chicken they bring from abroad. Some have died for two years. Two years they've been in the freezer. They need to go and eat it. So your child is 10 years and her breast is already falling. You don't understand what is happening because of the things we are eating into our bodies these days. <laughs> Amen. So in First Thessalonians chapter 5, I will tell you what Jesus said about the soul. He said, but First Thessalonians chapter 5 is trying to let us know who man is. Who man is. And he says that First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23, he says, and the very God of peace, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, not partly, wholly. I pray God that your whole, what, spirit, and what, and what? So God sanctify you wholly, wholly, not partly, you see. And that your whole spirit, soul, and body. So what this scripture makes us to know is that man is a spirit. He has a soul and he lives in a body. Hallelujah. Everybody say, I am, if I am a woman, I say, let's just generic man. I am human, I am human, I am man. I am man. I have a spirit. I have a spirit. Or I am a spirit. I'm a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a body. And I live in a body. That is man. You get it? Man is a spirit. In other words, the, 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 what is important of you about you is your spirit and your soul. Not your flesh. Not, not your flesh. And so, you will see in um, Luke chapter 16, Luke 16, when Jesus spoke about the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, and this is a parable, but it's also a story that actually took place. The last time I made you to know that, as for Jesus, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was what? And one John 1 40 says that and the word became flesh 
And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst men and beheld his glory. Hallelujah. And I think 18 says that no one has seen the father except the son. And he had made him known to us. Is that not so? No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten son which is in the bosom of the father, he had declared him. So in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, God was said that, God said, let, let us, let us, let us. God was talking about the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You get it? But in the beginning, when God said, let there be, was the word. John 1.1. 1, 1. You see? And the word was with God. And the word was what? God. So you want to ask me, is Jesus God? Yes. Jesus is God. And God calls him my son. And the Bible makes, 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 makes us know that it's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So what I'm trying to say is that Jesus has been there ever since man was made. And so he was telling us a story about a story that we can never know as long as we remain flesh and blood. We can never know. And we are privileged that we, have, we know this. And what was the story? It's about the rich man and Lazarus. To know the importance of your soul. Rich man and Lazarus. Now we know that man is a spirit. Man is a spirit. He has a soul. He lives about And sometimes the Bible interchanges the spirit and the soul. Because they are together. In a sense. Do you get it? So Jesus makes us to know that when a man dies. When a man dies by this parable. When a man dies. He doesn't die. When the woman dies, she doesn't die. When you die, tell, tell somebody, tell me, when I die, I will not die. And you see, nobody wants to, some of you are not so strong. Can you ask, can you ask, when I die today? Hey, see, you are not too sure. You be careful. When I die, I will not die. Do you get it? When you die, what happens is that your flesh, your flesh is the one that you put off. Your flesh is like your house. It's like a house. All of us have left home. We've locked our homes and we've come here. We left our house and we've come here. We've left it with our television, all our valuables, including your sewing machines and everything. And we've come here. But we, you see, if you go home and your house is burned today, would you still believe in? Yes. You, the human, will you believe in? You will. You will. But what would have happened? Your clothes, your engagement ring, your engagement Bible, all the things they gave to you would be burnt. Your certificates. Your certificates will all be burnt. Your bank, the bank account, okay, but your checkbook, everything. We'll be Ghana card. <laughs> Ghana card will be bent. But will you be bent? Recently, when we closed from church, we were going, we know we didn't we didn't live here early. So it's around 9 p.m. Then we had a call from our neighbors that we've been trying to get you for morning. And I said, Why? They said, You didn't, you left your gate open. He didn't close the gate. So for morning, 
your gate has been opened. So they told me, the police patrol team and all of them were in front of my house. I said, wow, waiting so that I'll come and they'll close the gates. In front of the house. No, I wasn't there. The, the man himself of the house. He was at home. So when I go home, I said, okay. Then they closed the gates and they left. I mean, they left. Police, they left. <laughs> See, so... So, what am I saying? I left the house. I wasn't there. So, posing a f- fire. How do I say this in English? It just shoots your whole. <laughs> so, when the fire burns the house, there was fire outbreak. Because one day, I had a child, and he or she was cooking. You see? And forgot to switch off. Was it me, myself, or my child? (laughs) Somebody in the house. (laughs) The person went and later remembered that I didn't switch off this. And the whole house would have burned. You get it. If the house has gotten burned, I will still be alive. I will still be alive. And so far as I'll be alive by the grace of God, I'm sure I'll be able to Rent a house and then build a house, just as you also build a house in the name of Jesus. So, what I'm saying is that in the Bible, Luke 16 19, I'm going to close very soon, please. There was a certain rich I don't assume everybody knows this story, don't assume at all. It's like how we assume that everybody knows John 3 16. Well, if I ask right now, is there a lot of people don't know? <laughs> There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fed sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named and other translation names the name of the rich man. That's a true story, eyewitness story. And it was called Lazarus. He had a name. And I believe his name was mentioned because he lived in eternity. He lived gloriously. Hallelujah. This man was so poor. But the Bible says that in verse 22, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The beggar died and was carried into, and the rich man also died and was buried. Both of them died. You get it. And as for death, it's inevitable. We all die. If I give all of us 100 years, in 100 years' time, I don't think anybody will be alive. Maybe a few, because my father-in-law is almost 100 years. When he was, okay, I'm sure he's 100 probably, he doesn't know, but I'm sure. (laughs) Maybe some of you may live 100 plus. 100 plus. But, Give or take, but all of you are, I know nobody has less than 10 years yeah, or even 12 years. So that's 112. How many of you think you'll be alive 112? Okay. You, you don't get friends who? Nobody will come and visit you. Nobody will send you tests. Nobody will be there alone. Your grandchildren will pull your hair, you see. Great, great, great grandchildren. You see. So 
Whatever it is, we will die. Is that not so? Whatever it is. So they all died. But what is very important is that the Bible says that in verse 20, 23, and in hell, he lift up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. Now, what does this mean? It means that physically, they were dead. Physically, they were dead. But they were still alive. They were still alive. And what was alive? Their spirit and their soul. The, man, the Bible said the man saw Abraham. The man saw Abraham. The man saw Lazarus. And Abraham also saw the man. Which means that when we die, we will see ourselves. We will see ourselves. The moment you die, you will see yourself. You are this. You are this. Then you realize actually this body is not important. It's as important as you live here on earth. Because we need to adapt to the atmosphere and the way we live here on earth. We need that kind of body to be able to alive in, in this atmosphere. Immediately we get out of this our system and you go to space, even your walking will change. Your walking will change. Because you, you now need to wear some space suit and everything to be able to adapt to that system. If you want to be a fish, you have to take the body form of a fish so you can survive in the sea. So we have to take a body to survive in that world. In that world, I will see you and you also see me. In that world, I will see you and you also see me. I remember one day, I was sleeping. And I don't know what happened, but I realized that I was not in my body. Then I, I looked down and I saw my body lying by my wife. Of course, by my wife. May you not leave your body. <laughs> Some of you, if the Lord had come last night and you had left your body, where you be lying? Hmm? Whose side would you be lying? It's a question. Whose side would you be lying? Some of you, one body is dying at home, and the body is at the hotel waiting for you. Hey, what a shock. I left my body, and I saw she was lying by my side, and she was sleeping. And she had a smile on her face, and I was looking at her. And I realized that I was also lying there. So where am I? And who is this? Wow. Then... See, that is when I realized that I don't think death is anything you should be afraid of. Because I noticed that I was happy. I noticed I was happy, but I was just looking at her. I was just looking at her. But you know, I think that in the realm of the spirit too, jokes are allowed. I think jokes are allowed. I mean, God is a nice man. He that sits in heaven shall laugh. So, whilst I was there, I just looked at her and I was smiling. I said to myself, hey, so who will marry her? That's the only question I ask. Who will marry her? Do you get it? But then what I'm trying to say is that I was there. But I wasn't the one lying there. 
I saw myself lying there, and she was also lying there like that. And then, for your sake, I came back to my body. So that I'm here to preach for you. You see? But it made me to understand that, look, man is more than flesh and blood. Hallelujah. And what is important about man is your spirit and your soul. So as NZ is your spirit and your soul, and the reason why Jesus came to die, the reason why Jesus came to die was so that, so that you will not perish. What does it mean to, to perish? What it means to perish is that your soul, when you die, your soul spends eternity because spirits don't die. I remember I heard they found another thing that is smaller than atom. Because when we were in school, we said an atom is the smallest indivisible particle of an object. But I said, now, when you tell me they found something else, where's your microphone? So that if, you, if I lie, you lied to me. Um, so, even though atoms are the smallest units of matter, um, we can divide atoms. Yeah. And when you divide atoms and you go into it, there's something we call a Higgs boson. Higgs what boson? Higgs. H-I-G-G, mm. boson, B-O-S-O-N. Okay. And it's smaller. Uh, but we all knew that, okay, now we can divide. Yes. We said it was an indivisible particle. Now we can divide it. When we go, we got to hit Miss Boson. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we can get that thing in it. Do you get it? So spirits don't die. That's how I went into it. Spirits don't die. You will not die. Tell the person and say, I will not die. You know that means that your spirit or you, you are a spirit. The real you, you are a spirit. And you will not die. Are you getting what I'm saying? You will not die. But, depending on where you go to when you die, is where the problem is. That is where the importance of your soul comes in. So that is where we read from Matthew chapter 6, verse 20. I'm going to close very soon, don't worry. But if you know what is important to you, then you sit here and listen to me. Matthew 16, 26. Matthew 16, 26. Okay. For what is a man profited? Matthew chapter 16, verse 20. For what is a man what? If he shall gain the whole world, if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul, if he shall gain the whole world, and if you realize the flesh is designed to like the world, and the flesh is designed to gain the world, and the flesh is designed to enjoy the world, the flesh. He designed to do that. That's the Bible said that Moses chose to suffer affliction than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. You get it? So the flesh is designed to enjoy pleasures of sin for a season. But for a season. That is why you realize that it's not easy for you as a Christian. Because your flesh is always fighting. And that's how the world is. As soon as the moment Adam sinned and we took on this form, sin became part of us. And the flesh always wants to do that. 
Are you getting it? But the Bible said, What shall you profit you? You gain the whole world. It means that you can gain the world and keep your soul. Jesus, but what shall it profit when you gain the world and you lose your soul? What shall it profit you? And that is why the church is around to do. When Jesus said that I built my church, this is what Jesus was talking about. That the church will be around to let people know the importance of their soul. Let the people know that their soul is important and that there's a heaven and there's a hell. And today, if someone invited you here to come and listen to the word of God, it means the person really wants you to see that your soul is important. Hallelujah. And you also need to secure where you will spend eternity. Because the rich man died and the poor man died. And their soul and spirit lived on. You are going to live on. But where are you going to live? When you die. Hallelujah. Matthew 10, 28. Two more scriptures. Are you happy to be in church? Matthew 10, 28. And fear not them which kill the body. Fear not them which kill the body, but not able to kill the soul. Not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both the soul and the body in hell. Are you getting it? So, there is someone who can keep your soul in hell. And that person is God. Hallelujah. And it depends on whether you accepted him or not whilst you had life and whilst you had opportunity. Amen. Luke 12, 16, following. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully, plentifully. Hey. And he thought with himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. What shall I do? And then, then he said, this I will do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. It's like I'm prospering. I don't know what to do. And the next verse. And I will say to my soul, I will say to my soul, hey, soul, thou hast much goods laid out for many years. Thou hast much goods laid out for many years. Take your time. Take your ease. Eat. Drink. And be merry. Hey, take your time. And eat. Chill. No pressure. Now you got money. You have fame. Everything. Take your time. You know when people prosper, they forget God. The other day, I was in a car with my wife and pastor for pastor was preaching. And every pastor will mention visa, America, passport. And I said, why does everybody mention visa and passport? He said, everybody in Africa wants to travel. Everybody in Africa wants to travel. Visa, this, 
this, this, this. Hallelujah. Why? And when you go, they don't pray for, have you ever seen somebody in America pray for visa? Oh Lord, I'm fasting and pray for visa to Ghana. Oh God, that's my prayer. Fasting and pray visa for Ghana. I mean multiple visa for Ghana. Six year multiple. Hikaya, 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 hikaya. Have you ever said anything like that? No. If you give you take it, you beg him to come. But they rather, sometimes they don't even want to serve God. They are forgotten. My soul, shut out. But before they became this, they knew God. They knew God. They brought, if you like, the Bible to Ghana. You can argue that we knew God, we knew God. It's okay, just as we knew that um, gems can kill. But somebody had to come and tell us about all the names of the thing. What microscope to see the gems, isn't it? So you can argue the way you want to argue. But what I'm saying is that whatever it is, they knew God. But when they started saying, no, we have this, we are, let's chill out. Then they forgot God. They forgot about God. And the Bible said, I will say to my verse 20, but God said unto him, thou what? Oh, please. Thou what? If you are not one of them, you can say it. Thou what? Thou fool. You are foolish if you think like this man. But thank God there's no, there's no fool here today, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That fool. Today, this night, this night, this afternoon, thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? Whose? In other words, it's time to tell the person everything you have cannot be compared to your soul. Nothing you have. What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Church, in closing, you can never give anything in, in, in exchange for your soul. Your soul, your spirit is the most important aspect of you. So if anyone came to invite you to church today, the person came to give you the most important thing in your life. In your life. That's it's as simple as that. The most important thing in your life. You know, sometimes people come to church and they close and they are angry. We didn't close early. We didn't do that. I said, if, you, if a friend took you to America right now, would you complain that you didn't come back to Ghana early? You won't. You won't. So you see that your soul is not important to you. It's as simple as that. Your soul is the soul that you don't value. It's the soul that you don't value. If you valued your soul, if you valued your soul, you know, some of you, if even today somebody brought you by bus, tomorrow, if the bus doesn't come, you will not come. Meanwhile, you take a bus to school. You take a bus to school yourself. You take a bus to work yourself. Tomorrow, you go to work yourself. Do you know why? Because you think that it's important that you get money to live. But you don't know that on your way to work, something can happen to you. On your way to work, something can happen to you. 
to school, 38 years, PhD, gone too soon. Gone too soon. I know somebody, she was traveling from Sunyani. She had graduated. She was going for a graduation ceremony. Traveling from Sunyani, she didn't arrive to, at where they were going to. He said that on the way. What shall it profit you? When you were complaining, at that moment, what one is important? Your soul or the certificate? Your soul or the certificate? Anytime you see an accident, the first you ask, where are the people? Well, you, want, you say the car doesn't matter. What matters are the people in the car. The people in the car, that's what matters. And when you ask, oh, they are okay, then you say, well, then that's okay. You get it? Your soul. So this afternoon, I'm telling you, your soul is what is important. Your soul is the reason why the church is alive. The church is not here for money. The church is not here for visa. All those things, if it comes, okay. Bonus. Visa, bonus. Education, bonus that you will get for sure. Car, bonus. But say, your heavenly father knows you have need of all these. But you, seek it first. Are you getting what I'm saying? So your soul, your soul, your soul, your soul, your soul. That's why a Christian mustn't be afraid to die. Because, I mean, as for death, no one wants to die. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Do you get it? But no Christian should be afraid of death. No. Don't be afraid of death. Don't plan to die, but live as if you can die at any time. Live as if you can die at any time. Yeah. That's why some people you are here, you can't make your will. You are here, you know you'll die, but you haven't made your will. You're only waiting for Ibushua to come and fight your children. Somebody who doesn't know you from Adam. Come and take the rooms are three rooms. Say Ibushua will take one, your children will take one, and your grandfather will take one. They are all fighting. Instead of making you afraid. Hmm. Why am I saying that? So your soul. Today, whoever brought you to church, I'll give you the most important thing in your life. No visa, no money, nothing. That is why I like Peter and John. When they were going to the temple, they saw the man lying at a beautiful gate. They asked for money. And so when people come to church, they ask for money. I said, the church is not no place to give money. They said, silver and gold have we none. Silver and gold. We have none. But such as we have. What we have is Jesus. What we have is what? Jesus. What we have is Jesus. The most important thing that you need. That's what we give. And that's why see, we are happy to see young people dancing. Hallelujah. I'm so happy. We could have been at the disco, isn't it? Look at how we are, you are cracking your bones. Jumping. And by the way, it's also, I think we have to start charging aerobic fees. Well, we can do exercise for the, for, the, for the week. You do aerobics every day, but I'm happy. Because where else would you be? Where else would you want to dance? Is it not the presence of God? Yeah. So, your soul is the most important person of you. That is why whatever happens, make sure your soul is secured. That's why the church is different from any other organization. Hallelujah. The church is different from any other organization. The church, we come to secure our souls. 
That's all. It's not for any other social gathering. We come and dance, we come, but at the end of the day, to secure our heart, which is the real Jew. How many of you want to die and go to God? In hell, the rich man was shouting. Money couldn't save him again. Nothing could help. Nothing could help. Hallelujah. Last night, I was at a crusade. And Bishop David was preaching. He was preaching. And he gave a very good analogy. A true story that happened. True story that happened. I've heard that story before, but when I heard it last night, I was like, wow. Wow. And what was the story? Do you want to know the story? Are you sure? No, some of you don't want to know. Are you sure you want to know the story? He said that one day, there was this railway worker who was a station master at a certain place. And his station was at a place that the bridge, when trains are passing, you know, one day, we shall have some on the Colegono Lagoon, or the, the Odo Lagoon, or Sakumono. Sakumono Lagoon, is there Sakumono Lagoon? More Lagoon or something like that. One day, so we have a train there. So when the train is coming, you know, the, the, the bridge is open like this for ships to pass under. Do you get it? So when the train is coming, then they will close the bridge. Then the train can pass. Can you see that at Coligono Lagoon? Or Odor Lagoon? Don't worry. Have faith. Have faith. Odona. We see some one of these days. Or River Pra. You see. So he said, this man, that's where the man was working. And this man had a, a small child, about nine years, five years old. Five years old. And many times when he's going, he would just take the son and say, let's go together. Let's go to work together. So, and when they go, the guy had, the, because the boy had been going with the father, he's always been seeing what the father was doing. And when the train is coming, what the father was doing, he would run down there and go and pull a lever and then the bridge will close, close and then the train will pass. So this time round, the train was coming. When the train, trains are coming, they see a red light. We slow down or stop till the bridge closes. But they don't know what, this is a true story. They don't know what happened. But this train was coming. And the train was full of people. Full of people. And on the train, an international train, that means from one country to another, international train with restaurant, whatever, so many things. And people were having fun. Drinking somewhere with their girlfriends in the sleeping room, everything they were enjoying, laughing, everything. But as the train was coming, the man suddenly realized that the train has crossed the red light. It means that it's going to crash, it's going to go under, it's going to kill all of them. So the man realized that this train did not stop at the red light, and the train was coming. But the people on the train didn't know what was happening, they were still jamming. They were still chilling. They were still happy. They were still shouting the name of their football club. Still. They didn't know what had happened, but the man has seen what had happened. And the boy, the son, when he also saw that the train was coming, 
he realized that hey, this thing was going to crash. So because he had seen the father pull the lever, he went there to go also pull that thing. So he went there to pull. But when the father, so at the point the father wanted to pull down the river, I mean, close the river. But he realized that his boy was there. When five years old, he didn't know that the father had to rather press the thing somewhere. So he went there to go and help the people. So at the point the father was torn between saving the people or the child. Because if he brings down the bridge, the child was going to die. If he doesn't bring down the bridge, all the people on the train were going to die. But these were people who were, some of them were fornicators. Some are gone for people's wives. Some are going to steal. Some two were good Christians from loyalty house. Some two were, all oh, manner of people were on the, on the train carrying their business, minding their, 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 their own. They were just there, and the train was coming. Chukuta, 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 chukuta. And the small boy was there. So the man realized, should I? If I do this, I'll kill my son. If I don't, all these people are going to die. But what do I have to do? I don't even know them. Why should I save them? But there were about 500 people on board. If it were you, you had only one child. No, even one child, you had seven children. If it were you, what would you do? If it were you. But if you bring it down, the child will die. But the man decided that, okay, let me sacrifice my son so that these people will live. So he pulled down the gear like this. And bah, the machine went through the boy's stomach and his intestines, everything gushed out. So the man was standing there and he looked down and he saw the sun, blood oozing. And the son was looking at him like this. Daddy. The son was looking at him. And do you know what happened? The most painful part of it is that the people on the train, they didn't even notice what had happened. So they still continued in their thing. They still continued jamming, continued sinning, continued betting, continued gambling. They were just going like that. No one. But you see, there was one woman on the train. She looked up and saw a man who had his eyes full of tears. The man was teary, so it printed a picture on her mind. Why is this man so sad? Everybody's happy, but the man is so sad. She didn't know what had happened, but the following day, she saw on the news, in the newspapers, that this man had to pull down the gears and he started to die so that those on the train will come and pass. That is when this man that is why it dawned on her that, ah, so that's why the man was crying. Was we were happy. The man, he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to do it. He doesn't know us from Adam. He didn't have to do it, but he did it for us. And then she decided that because of that, she would change her life. She would change her life. Let me tell you something. God didn't have to send his son to come and die for you. His only son. Look at you, you are going your way. In that whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Every day in our sins, he's still calling us. If last year, somebody told you to give your life to Christ, you didn't. Today, you are here again. You, from last year, you have slept with not less than 10 men. Boys have slept not less than six girls. You are small. And still, the man is still coming after you. 
Somebody has brought you to church so that the man will still say, give your life to him. I still love you. Don't go and crash. Don't go and die. Today, look at the son on the cross. Think about this man who sacrificed his son and ask yourself, are you going to live in your sins again? Are you still going to live in your sins? How do I secure my soul? But I said, if we believe in our heart, the Lord Jesus Christ, believe in our heart, the Lord Jesus Christ, and confess with our mouth that his Lord, we shall be saved. If we believe in our heart. Because there's nothing that can save us from our sins except the blood of Jesus. Except the blood of Jesus. He paid a price for us. And today, I want you to just accept this love that God has shown to you and give your life to him. Wherever you came from, know that your soul is more important than whatever you think is keeping you away. Is that that boy? Is it that girl? There was a young girl. There was a young girl. A preacher went to his, his school. Pray like I'm preaching. Pray like I'm preaching. And invited everybody to be born again. People were responding to the, born, the call. And this young girl wanted to give her life to Jesus. But then she realized that her boyfriend was sitting there. So she didn't. She was shy. She was shy. So she told herself, I won't give my life to God now. But next time. Why? Because of a boyfriend. Because of a friend. And there are some of you like that sitting here. You came with a friend. You can feel in your heart that God wants to give your life to Jesus. But because of your friend, you live here without giving your life to Jesus. If I say raise your hand, you look at your friend and see whether your friend will raise their hand before you raise your hand. You want to see, why are you following people? Why? It's your life. When I say close your eyes, you open your eyes and say, are my friends going? You, may, you see, your friends may not go, but your friend may live again to hear the gospel. You may not live to hear the gospel again. You may not live to hear the gospel again. So this girl, she went home. When they came back from school, all of them went to a notice board. Obituary. Abigail is gone. Abigail died when she went for vacation. She didn't come back to hear again the preaching. That's why the Bible said, today, today, if you hear the word, harden not your heart. You don't know. Yours may be two years, three years, some may be today. You don't know. But the most important is live here with the knowing that you go to heaven when you die. Live here with the knowing. And this is about written unto that you may know that you have eternal life. And this life is this life is in Christ Jesus. He who has the Son has life. Hallelujah. So today, God is telling you, He loves you so much for you to go and crash with your friend. Give your life to Jesus. Open up your spirit. Maybe you have been in church before, but all this while you have not really given your life to Jesus. Or you are backslidden and you call yourself a Christian. But today I'm given an opportunity to give your life to Jesus. So with every head bowed, with every head bowed, and every eye closed, I want you to think about your life. Look, look see the train. Just imagine the train. And you are one, the one on the train. You are going to crash. With all the life you are living. And then somebody comes and says, I've saved you. I've sacrificed my son. 
so you don't die. Think about it. Is it because of your friend? What is it that you don't want to say, Jesus, I gave my life to you? Just think about it. What is it? Ask yourself. And what shall a man give in exchange for his life? What? That boy will not even marry you. But I realize he's gone somewhere else. Or that girl will not even mind you again. But I realize your money is finished. But who cares? Who loves you more? Jesus. Now with every eye closed. Every eye closed. Every head bowed. This is the most important part of the service. Where you are going to say, Jesus, God, I'm going to respond to your love for me. Your care and your love for me. Maybe somebody invited you to church. Maybe you came on your own. But deep, deep down in your heart, you don't know where your soul will be. If, you're, if you are called tonight or whenever, you don't know where your soul will be. And when you say that, Pastor, pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to be born again. I want to know that I'll go to heaven when I die. Please, Pastor, pray for me. My friend brought me, but deep, deep down in my heart, I know I need Jesus. I've never thought of it that way before, but now I know that I need Jesus. With every eye closed and every head bowed, you want me to pray for you to give your life to Jesus, to be born again and to secure your soul. Wherever you are, I want you to lift up your right hand and I'm going to pray with you. Wherever you are, lift up your right hand. God bless you. Wherever, close your, don't, don't look at anybody, just yourself alone. Lift up your right hand. Lift up your hand. Let me pray for you. Wherever you are, lift up your hand. Let me pray for you. Let me pray for you. Now, if your hand is up, please, with your eyes still closed, if your hand is up, wherever you are, if your hand is up, I want you to stand to your feet, wherever you are. God bless you. Just stand to your feet. Don't look at anybody before you stand. Just stand to your feet if your hand is up. Just stand to wherever you are. Just stand to your feet. Yes, today's a special day. Somebody came to you. Say, come to church. Gave you a t-shirt to wear. Say, come to church. But it's also a special day for you. Remember today. Wherever you are, just lift up your hand. And stand to your feet. Some of you, somebody is here. Close, everybody, let's close our eyes. Somebody say, your heart is beating. You should have, but you didn't. God is giving you another chance. God is giving you another chance. Stand to your feet and receive Jesus. As another person, I say, just stand. Just stand. Maybe you're a Christian already, but you've also backslidden. You say, Bishop, pray for me. I want to come back to Jesus. You can, you can also join these ones. Stand and join them. God bless you. Never be shy of anything. Are, they, are their hands up? If your hands are up, help them, tell them to stand. Maybe they can't hear what I'm saying. If your hand is up, stand to your feet wherever you are. God bless you. God bless you. Now, if you are standing on your feet, your color makes me to know which group invited you. But if you are standing on your feet, I want you to walk and come to me from wherever you are. Just walk and come to me. And I want the church to just put your hands together for these ones. Put your hands together for this one. Just come to me. I'm on to Jesus. Oh, put your hands together for Jesus.
Give you an opportunity. The Bible says some of them you have to snatch them from fire. You brought somebody to church. You know that the person needs to come, but the person is everybody. You know the person needs to give his or her life to Jesus, but something is holding the person back. I want you to move and snatch the person out of fire. You yourself to bring the person to come and receive Jesus, giving you one more opportunity. Nobody should live here without a knowing that you go to heaven when you die. But by all means, save some. By all means. You may force somebody, and by the time the person is saying, I'm grateful that you didn't forget that you came for me and you pushed me to accept Jesus. Yeah, I see them coming. Put your hands together for them. Mm. There's still room at the cross for one more person. There's still room at the cross for one more person. You are the reason why we are here. God bless you. Put your hands together for them. God bless you. You are welcome. God bless you. Yesterday at the crusade, when the altar call was made, I saw a young man standing somewhere quietly. And I went to her and said, Wouldn't you give your life to Jesus? He said, I want to go, but I'm shy. Then I called her and said, Please hold his hand and take him to the front. And the boy came and said, Are you happy you went? He said, I'm happy I went. Some of you need to go to someone and say, Please come. Give your life to Jesus. Don't, don't, let, don't give the person any option. Just let the person come and receive Jesus. You don't know. One day you go to heaven and somebody will wave at you. Please, Pastor, hey, brother, where do you know me from? Say, you are the one who pushed me to accept Jesus. Now look at where I am. So happy, isn't it? Wow. Put your hands together for them. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Oh, I can see more people coming. Just put your hands together for them. Never too late. There's still room at the cross for one more person. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Those of you here, I want you to close your eyes and mean it. You see, one day we all did it. We all did it. I did it after smoking. After smoking. And I went to a room. People were praying. And I told them, I want you to 
let me say that thing that you always say. Because I school, I heard it, but I never said it from my heart. And that was the day I got born again. Today, I want you to say this prayer from your heart and mean it. Say, Dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. I thank you. I thank you. For today. For today. For giving me this opportunity. For giving me this opportunity. To come to church. To come to church. I thank you. I thank you. For your love for me. For your love for me. Today. Today. I believe in my heart. I believe in my heart. That Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ. Came to die. Came to die. For my sins. For my sins. For me. For me. In particular. In particular. And today. Today, I believe, I believe that it is in Christ Jesus, that in Christ Jesus alone, alone that I can receive, that I can receive forgiveness, of sins. forgiveness of sins. Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus forgive, me forgive me of all my sins, of all my sins. and wash me and wash me with your blood with your blood from today from today i accept you i accept you as my lord as my lord and my personal savior and my personal savior. i i confess i confess you jesus you jesus as my lord as my lord and i thank you and i thank that you that just as i am that just as i am you have accepted me you have accepted me as your own as your own. And from today, and from today, from this moment, from this moment, I am yours. I am yours. And you are mine. And you are mine. It is our glory, the God bless you for listening to Active Word by Bishop Ishmael Sam. For copies of today's message or any other message by Bishop Sam, please contact us on. 0244-534-816 or visit us at Loyalty House International Abed Dawenya. You can also send Bishop Sam an email at pastorishmael at yahoo.com For prayer and counseling, you can contact us on 0246-939-984 To support this program, send your donations via mobile money to 55 or 050-940-0044. You can join us in worship via YouTube and Facebook Live at Bishop Ishmael Sam-DHMM. Also at Loyalty House International HQ page. You can also join us in worship this and every Sunday in our powerful gathering service at 9 a.m as the Loyalty House International Abbey Dovenia. God bless you.